Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We thank you, O Lord, that you call us, O Lord. We ask you, Lord, that we would hear your message, O Lord, that we would be faithful in putting into practice what you are calling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Usually when Pastor Paul sends me, what am I supposed to preach about, I usually look at the passage right away. This time, I took my time. And when I realized what passage it was, I said, only 20 minutes? Wow. It is one of the most common passages of Scripture. In fact, probably the pillar of the Jewish nation. Let's open our Bibles to Deuteronomy 6.4, which reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, I could have preached a lot of things about this. It is the best thing to talk about. But I want to focus on three major things that I want to grab specifically from the passage since I'm only supposed to preach from that one passage. First, hear, O Israel. Now this passage is put in the middle of what Moses is trying to reconvey and re-energize the nation of Israel because they're going to go into the promised land. They're right at the edge of the Jordan River. And so in chapter 5, he re uh, says the Ten Commandments. And then he's going through chapter 6, explaining those Ten Commandments and encouraging the people as they're going into the promised land. But when I hear, hear, O Israel, I think of the church. We are Israel, spiritually. And so here, God is calling us. Here! I remember when I first became a Christian, the first thing I did was here. Faith comes through hearing the word of God. And we see in scripture over and over again the Lord calling us. Not only in the Old Testament as God the Father, but Jesus says, Come, come, all who are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He calls his church, the Holy Spirit calls his church. Surely I could have preached about the Trinity in this passage. I'm a little hesitant about that. Not because I don't believe in it, but because it's a hard subject to preach about. And because the passage doesn't really talk about the Trinity. It talks about the Lord, our God. And yet we see that he calls us here. Listen, hear me, 
But number two, we hear God as a community. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. See, even though our relationship with God is personal, it is also communal. We hear our God. Our Lord. Therefore, we should not neglect the meeting together. I mean, Hebrews makes it clear, right? The writer of Hebrews. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is a habit for some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day dawning near. And so, if we ought to hear God, we ought to hear Him as a community, as a church, as a people, not alone, aside from everybody, in our little room or in a little closet, but together. As a church, we ought to hear God. And that's because when we hear God in a community sense, we get to know God more deeply. First, because when we hear God in a community, we hear his preaching, we hear his teaching through other brothers and sisters. But more importantly, when we hear God in a community, we hear him in our practice of his word. I have to deal with Pastor Paul. I have to deal with my wife. I have to deal with all of you. And so that helps us hear God more clearly. I have to practice love and patience and kindness and mercy. The things that makes me more and more like Jesus Christ. And it's because God has revealed himself in the church. I mean, think about it. When you read Revelations... Chapters 2 and 3, when God speaks to the church, to the churches, he's revealing his character to them. He says, to the angel of the church of Ephesus and Smyrna and all of them, to us, he writes to us. It's interesting that when we see all of those different sections, we also see that he ends with, he who has ears, let him hear what the scripture says to the churches. God speaks to the church. Christ calls us. He calls his church because his sacrifice was for his church. And so our God 
The church is God. And it's because Jesus loves the church. The same way you love your wife, Jesus loves the church and gave himself for her. And this is extremely important, my brothers and sisters. When we talk about God being our God, we're talking about us together. He is ours. Third, the God we serve is the one true God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. I don't know when you realize the uniqueness of our Lord. He is so unique. Probably one of my favorite scholars and preachers is R.C. Sproul. And he made his entire ministry based on the holiness of God. The difference of God. God is unique in every sense of the word. He is completely other than us. And so God is unique. He is not like us. He is the one true God. Look what John Calvin said. Hence, that dear and uh, amazement with which a scripture uniformly relates holy men were trust and overwhelmed whether they held the presence of God Men are never duly touched and impressed with a conviction of their insignificance until they have contrasted themselves with the majesty of God. John Calvin tells us people don't realize who they are and their position before God until they are face to face with God. And we see this in scripture every single time people are met by God. It's a scary thing. It is a hard thing. I say I put it this way. Remember this stand and, and stand firm. Recall it. To mind, you transgressors, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. God is unique. He is different from us. God is unique in that he is different from other gods. Have you ever studied religions? It is interesting to see how different our God is. He doesn't share his power with any other. He doesn't say, oh, I want to do only this thing and not that thing. I just want to control the weather. I don't want to do anything else. 
God is not like that. God controls everything. It's over everything. Does everything. In fact, he never apologizes for anything that has happened in this world. God is unique in that way. There is no equal to him. I always find it funny when people say that the enemy or the equal enemy of God is Satan. Satan is a nobody compared to God. God is unique. He can go like this to Satan. And yet, God loves us so much that he is unique in his relationship with us. There is no other God like him when it comes to salvation. See, most gods of antiquity will save you from their enemies. God saves us from himself. He loved us so much that while we were still his enemies, he sent his son to die in our behalf. And isn't that amazing? God loved us while we were still fighting him, rejecting him. But he loved us all to become one church. If I were to leave anything in your memory is this. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O church, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, true and only God, we come before you thankful that you sent your Son to die in our behalf. We are thankful, O oh Lord, that we can have an intimate relationship with you, that we can be called your children. Lord, help us remember your greatness, your holiness, so that we may be conformed to the image of your Son and be a holy church before you. In Jesus' name, amen.